You're listening to You're listening to the Collabcast, a podcast for pop culture and the creative life from an Asian American perspective. And hey everyone, welcome to episode 168 of the Collabcast. It is Friday, June the 8th, 2018. Um, I am your host, Marvin Yue, and this episode is going to be all about the hit BBC America drama, Killing Eve, one of my favorite shows from this past like couple of months. And to talk about Killing Eve with me, I brought together a expert panel of <laughs> pop culture and media journalists to talk about the show and what it means to us as Asian Americans. So uh, let me introduce my panel. Uh, We have freelance writer, managing editor of uh, Nerd Reactor and friend of the podcast, Laura Sirkle. Hi. How's it going? Welcome back to the show. Good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. (laughs) We also have Linda Gu. Hi, I'm Linda. Uh, Most recently, I was the TV editor at Tracking Board, which just shut down recently. (laughs) Rest in peace. And then before that, I was a TV reporter at The Wrap. So if you guys are looking for a really great writer, hire. Hire me. <laughs> <laughs> and we have Han Nguyen of IndieWire here, who um, also covered the show for the site. Yes, uh, covered it for the site. And we I, I just love this panel because it's a bunch of Asian women talking about an Asian woman. So, and, yes. and me. And, 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 and Marvin. <laughs> um, but it's great. Like When I watch a show that I love, I also want to know what everyone thinks about it. So after every episode, I go through every single you know, recap and review, even the ones that I know I don't agree with them, just to see what everyone thinks. And it's been so great just to read, um, especially in this, this last like couple of years, um, seeing Asian-American fronted shows being covered by Asian-Americans and getting that nuance. So um, thank you all for coming. And um, making my you know dream of covering Asian American television on this podcast <laughs> a reality. Um, but before we get to Killing Eve, I like to start the show by um, doing let's call it a pop culture show and tell of what uh, my panelists are watching and what they want um, to share. So let's start with Han. What do you what are you into? Okay, this is a super brand new show, and I don't know if it's going to be great yet, uh, but so far I like the very first episode. It's called Reverie. Uh, it just premiered on NBC last week, so you have time to catch up. It's their summer show, so because it's a summer show, it's probably not going to be like amazingly like uh like i don't know blow you out of the water but it's kind of gentle and like pleasant to watch because it's on broadcast summer shows on hbr are a different story <laughs> um but so uh it's basically stars uh sarah shahi as a woman who used to be a hostage nego- negotiator this is set in the future by the way okay. and um she gets called in because there's a thing called reverie where people are able to live in a virtual world and they can upload, let, let's say, their loved ones who have died all over their social media footprint and they can interact with their loved ones in these virtual worlds. Um, but what's also great about the show is it includes um, Sendo Ramamurthy in it, uh, Dennis Haysbert, and I think Jessica Liu, who is awesome. So um, the very first episode that I saw looks amazing because the virtual world stuff is like eye-popping. Um, and I'm sure there's going to be some interesting wish fulfillment and uh, there's some extra sort of creepy things going on because you are messing with your uh, neurological stuff when you're going to this world. So. Yeah. Sounds like a, a like an extended it's, version of Black Mirror. It's absolutely <laughs> Black Mirror light um, mm-hmm. but the concepts are very similar and that's how I compared it. Yeah. yeah. It reminded me of Inception a little bit too. I could see that. Yeah. You could get lost in there um, because I think the very first episode the premise was like one guy wants to stay there and his body in the real world was like in a coma. Oh, wow. Yeah. And um, always love seeing Sarah Shahi get work. I have loved yeah. her since uh, Life. Yes. Uh, all those years ago. And- uh, life. <laughs> and uh, I think she was in Fairly Legal or one mm-hmm. of those. That yeah. was her show, yeah. yeah. I got to meet her at Sundance and I was like trying to keep my cool because it was her and Matthew Lillard together. I was like, oh, two people from my childhood. <laughs> um, Laura, what, what are you into? Um, there's so many t- good, good TV shows out right now. But right now, um, I'm like watching... Um, the second season of The Handmaid's Tale. 
And mm. I recommend everyone not watch it all at once, the season, because it's intense each uh, episode. Um, I am I'm emotionally drained after I, I watch each episode. Um, but, you know, Max and Majilia is in it. Um, uh, and then, like, it's just an intense season this season. And it's great. It's, it's, it's just getting darker and darker which it's kind of like reminiscence to what's going on in today's society. So I kind of, I'm just telling people, if you're going to start watching it, like give yourself a break between each time. Don't binge it, actually. <laughs> I recommend that. I have to like bring myself to watch that show and I haven't been able to start the season yeah. yet. I'm just like, I can't right now. <laughs> that show is unbingeable because yeah. you, have no, to, you, you, have to, you have to process. Yeah. Like it's, it's, I haven't even made it past season one yet because it's just taking so long just to get back into it. I know it's something I should watch right. and I need to watch. Exactly. But sometimes it's like, it's too... It's like, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't feel like being depressed right now. <laughs> Comparing binging Black Mirror to Handmaid's Tale, and I think I still would rather binge Black Mirror because it changes it up. Yeah. 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 Like each so ep- that tells you. It's <laughs> each episode is a different kind yeah. of depressing. It's just, it's just Handmaid's Tale is so well written that that's why I'm, I want to mm-hmm. keep going. Because in the end, they always have a twist that happens and that keeps you yeah. wanting to know more. Visually, it's really cool looking too. I yeah. like it. I mean, it's just like dystopian of what could happen, and just seeing the events of what's happening right now in our society, and just it just reflects it. I mean, it's scary. I think that's adding to it. You yeah, know? it's like you can watch um, *Man from the High Tower* and say, "Oh, that's you know, we won that war. It's fine." Yeah. <laughs> but this one's like, "Oh, this is the, this could happen." Yeah, um, Linda, what what are you into? Um, I don't know when this is going up, but I think my new favorite show is premiering tomorrow night, Thursday. Uh, it's Marvel's Cloak and Dagger on Freeform. Uh, I've seen the first four episodes. I've been waiting for this show for such a long time. Like, they call it Marvel's Romeo and Juliet. And I'm like, there is nothing more on brand for me <laughs> than that. Like a YA romance with superheroes and I finally watched the episodes and it did not let me down it's so good the two kids have such amazing chemistry I mean they're taking it very slow like that's the thing with Marvel shows now it's like very slow burn everything <laughs> like they barely but it's it's so good I can't wait to see more of it had you been familiar with the comic book I don't think I read the comic books but I, like I knew the characters and I knew their stories just because I I grew up reading Marvel X-Men mostly so I don't really venture outside of yeah. that but like I knew them. And, w- and how would you compare it to Runaways on Hulu? Um, so much better. Oh, <laughs> really? Oh, I loved Runaways. I love Runaways. So yeah. Runaways is my That's favorite. That's interesting. But I liked it a lot better because I feel like it's darker. It is darker. It's more serious. Like, there's stories, I feel. You I mean, you get to know the characters, I think, a lot better because there's just two of them. Mm-hmm. It's not like about how a group of kids get along. It's just the two of them, their families, and their backstories and yeah, I love it. I think yeah. it's great. Runaways is good. It's yeah. excellent. I think the actors are great. <laughs> um, I, I just feel like Kalokanatic is such a, a smaller group, yeah. like smaller cast that you get to focus on them and you really just yeah. invest in you, more of them. You do. You really get to delve deep into these characters. And I love that. Like, I love character driven. I wanted them to run away. I mean, <laughs> not enough running away. Wait, not, run, yeah. the runaways yeah. or Cloak and, and Dagger? I, well, Cloak and Dagger also <laughs> yeah. needs some running. The, I mean, in the comics, they do they, eventually yeah. become runaways. Yeah. Well, yeah. In, in the comics of um, Cloak and Dagger, it's so totally different, the, the premise mm-hmm. of yeah. them. Mm-hmm. But I, I still enjoyed it because yeah. I read the comic books. and But then when I watched it, I was like, oh, it's different. Yeah. And I need more. I like old. They changed the backstories yeah. and it made sense. Okay. So. Yeah. I think it's great. Hmm. Yeah, I can't wait for everybody right. yeah. to watch it so we can all start shipping them together. <laughs> but, but you're right. like, yeah. Thurs- Thursday, it's premiering. So yeah. I'm excited. Pri- well, by the time they hear this, it'll Yeah, by the time they hear this, okay. it'll, it'll be the day okay, after. Okay, good. So, so as soon as you hear this, tweet me your thoughts about Cloak and Dagger <laughs> because I need to talk to people about yeah. it. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I'll have watched okay. it by then. <laughs> um, well, thank you for sharing your um, your pop culture diet with us. <laughs> um we're, we're here to talk about Killing Eve, so uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll, we'll dive right in. Yay. Yay. Hey, everyone. It's Marvin here. Uh, thanks again for listening to this very special episode of the Collabcast. Um, I hope you enjoy um, our in-depth look at Killing Eve, and please let us know what you think. We hope to be doing much more content like this in the future. Um, the Collabcast, of course, is a part of Collaboration, a nonprofit media organization supporting Asian Americans in the arts and entertainment, discovering, developing, showcasing, and connecting the creative talents of the Asian American community in North America and beyond. You can learn more about Collaboration by going to our website at www.collaboration.org. 
The Collabcast is also a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of Asian-American hosted podcasts featuring unique voices from around the community. If you're enjoying the Collabcast, you might enjoy one of our other great programs, including Fresh Creatives. Fresh Creatives is another podcast hosted by me where we take story ideas from our audience and brainstorm, improv, and finesse them into full-length narrative stories. You can find Fresh Creatives and the other great programs of the Potluck Collective by going to the website www.podcastpotluck.com. And finally, this episode of the Collabcast was recorded at the Potluck Podcast Studio, located within the Little Tokyo offices of Visual Communications. Uh, Visual Communications develops and supports the voices of Asian American and Pacific Islander media artists who empower communities and challenge perspectives. Some of their annual programs include the Academy Award Qualifying Los Angeles Asian Pacific Film Festival, the Arm of the Camera Fellowship, and C3, the Conference for Creative Content. Learn more at vconline.org. Thanks again so much for listening to the Collabcast. Um, and with that, let's get you back to the show. And welcome back to the Collabcast. <laughs> this is episode 168. Um, Killing Eve is a spy story about um, Eve Pulaski, played by Sandra Oh, who is an MI5 turned MI6 sleeper agent who is chasing after Villanelle, played by Jody Comer, um, who is an international assassin. And the entire story is pretty much like a cat and mouse chase between those two and everyone else that gets caught in their wake. It just ended a couple weeks ago on BBC America. Um, as of today, it got picked up by Hulu for streaming um, later this year. So uh, if you guys missed it and don't feel like paying the 20 bucks to watch it on uh, Amazon Prime, um, you can watch it for free on Hulu later on. And since this is the first time we were talking about like a zeitgeisty piece of pop culture in depth on this podcast um we're still trying to figure out what, what we're gonna do in terms of spoilers but i think we're gonna start off spoiler free and at some point we're gonna take a pause and say this is where the spoilers start <laughs> and then from there on you've been warned <laughs> so <laughs> i think that, that's the best plan right mm-hmm. yeah. which is called this the spoiler cast <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um but yeah general thoughts um about the show oh oh me first um Oh, boy. Okay, so I absolutely love Phoebe Mm Waller-Bridge, who uh, developed this and and wrote it. And she's the one who uh, created, starred in, and wrote and did everything for Fleabag, which is on Amazon. She is also the sexiest droid in the um, the galaxy. She's Lando's robot lover, right? (laughs) Spoilers. She's a pansexual. Well, yeah. They show it. I mean... (laughs) You, you can't deny it. She, she's amazing in uh, Solo. And so she uh, wrote this. And you can definitely tell it's her sensibility. So for me, it really is the humor. But the fact that the humor is like mixed with really dark shit. Like, <laughs> sorry, can we cuss? Yeah. And, um, Go for it. And um, and and there's something about her sensibility that she always works in food that really speaks to me. And there's a lot of good food stuff in here. I even wrote a story about all the sausages on the show. <laughs> I love the show. Um, it's it's basically a, a Sherlock Holmes relationship. It's like Moriarty versus Sherlock, but with two women. Um, and what I love about it it was that it's it felt, it's based on the book and um, what I loved about the change that you know, um, Phoebe has done is that she made Sandra O's character the, um, the age um, w- like a, a woman going through a midlife crisis which I really appreciated because it's like it's great to see this kind of a, a woman could go through a midlife crisis of her, where she is in her career she has a happy marriage but you know she's not satisfied with everything that's going on because she wants more and I feel like that's never really displayed in television for for women because it's always the man who has the midlife crisis and the woman's at home. So it's a great twist on that part. And then she becomes obsessed with finding with with the idea of um, you know a vi- vanilla uh, villanelle villanelle thank you <laughs> villanelle <laughs> vanilla uh, with villanelle like she and then villanelle because she's empathetic and she go she um she go has that relationship too so i really like their their dynamic and um it's just a great story to see for women um not only like a woman going through a middle crisis and and going through her career trying to figure it out and um be obsessed with us with this person it's also Villanelle's story too as you just see this twisted woman just go through the emotions too yeah um, so I came to the show pretty late. Everybody had been talking about it for how long was it? Was eight episodes? Eight, eight episodes eight, long, yeah. So for like two months, people were like, killing you, killing you. And I was like, yeah, I'll get to it eventually. Like, I don't really know. Like, I'm like, what channel is BBC America on? You know, like, you, there's not a lot of shows on BBC America, RIP, Orphan Black. Um, so like the week before the finale, I 
just started watching. I was like, all right, it's time. Like, I can't take it anymore. People shouting at me about can leave i need to know what this is about i had no idea i never saw fleabag so i didn't know phoebe's style or anything and then from like the first scene where villanelle was in that ice cream shop this is not a spoiler because it's the first scene when she was like trying to practice her smile at the little kid and then knocks the ice cream over i was like i'm in this is like so up my alley this is like so twisted so weird and then uh, I binged it. I didn't have to wait a week in between each, each episode. And I, I was just like, I got through it in like one night and was obsessed. Yeah. And then I finished like the day of the finale, which was perfect. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't have to wait at all. You didn't want to be spoiled anyway. <laughs> no. It is like we were talking about how um, Handmaid's Tale is an unbingeable show. This is a very bingeable very show. Cool. Like, yeah. I remember um, I caught up to episode three binging and then i was like that's it i have to wait a week because yeah. um it does start off a little bit slow but it, when it picks up it picks up fast yeah and what i love about it is like what you like you said laura it's a very it's it's not gender swapping but it's like it's centered on a like a female perspective that you don't really get a lot of especially in these crime procedurals right and i love that Sandra O's character is just so obsessed with like doing this one thing that she's really, really good at that she's willing to like let go of everything else in her life that's stable. Mm-hmm. And that's usually like a very like guy character thing to do. Yeah. And I love that her husband is kind of like the guy who's always making food. Yeah, and always yeah. like trying to like. I mean, he made <laughs> stew for her and then a shepherd's pie. I'm just yeah. like, he's later, he's like, get, let's get a curry. I'm like, oh my God, how can you turn this guy down? I know, that, that guy was very <laughs> lovable. I was like, oh my gosh, she has the perfect husband at yeah. home. Yeah. How could she? But then at the same time, I get it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the villain villanelle like typically like characters like her there's you're always waiting for like all right what's what's the reason why is she like this why is she crazy so what what tragedy in her life happened to turn this woman into like a psychopathic killer and you never get that you just get her she like, just is a sociopath yeah. and i love that i don't think we've ever seen much of that on tv <laughs> just like she just is so she's also like, an amazing sociopath she's mm-hmm. amazing she's, she's she very charismatic does not care yeah. she's very charismatic yeah and i understand kind of like what sandra sees in her or yeah, Eve does. Um, and but one of the things I kind of also love because this is when we're talking about female point of view is she's stylish. Yeah. The girl knows how <laughs> that to dress. Pink tutu. Yeah, yeah. Saying. The uh, the fashions on this show are on point. They're kind of ridiculous. They're very European. Yes. Um, but also she kind of has like this theatrical killing style too, which I like. So she just is very dramatic. So like there's first she's so ep- extra first episode. <laughs> Episode, um, not necessarily a spoiler. I think she kills someone with a hairpin. Yes, yeah. in yes. their eye, and so like that's in the trailer, I believe. So, yeah, um, yeah, and so and then there are some other cre- uh, creative ones later. But yeah. Um, yeah, she's she's extra. She's, she's just really cocky too. That's yeah. what I like about her. She's like, I don't I don't give a crap about like anything. Like yeah. Else. yeah, and that's kind of nice to see. <laughs> She knows she's got this. Like, yeah. if she wants to kill you, she's gonna kill you. Like, there's one guy she kills, she's like, "Oh, I'm looking at you. I'm gonna kill you." Like, you can run, but it's gonna happen. <laughs> she is also very, very good at using her like femininity to do stuff that men can't do. Right? Yeah, that's right. She uses her wiles, but she also she people drop their guard around her because she's just like a woman. Like, what, what could she do? But you know, she shows them. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's a very good observation. And Eve's character runs in the same thing mm-hmm. with her with her job and her her superiors. Yeah, she's an amazing profiler. She's very good at uh, figuring people out, which is why she is the one who knows that the profile of what uh, Villanelle looks like even before she even meets her. So, and they didn't, weren't willing to listen to her at first. (laughs) Of course. Um, And it's also, it's backed up by a very stellar supporting cast. Um, The woman that plays Carolyn, her handler is just... Fiona Shaw. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so amazing. She's great. Kim Bajina is so good. Uh, uh, Yeah, yeah, Yeah. he, he... he plays Villanelle's handler, who Constantine, Constantine. <laughs> and then he I, is so good. And I also talk all day about Constantine. Uh, no spoilers, but mention um, her partner temporarily, Pill, uh, Bill, 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 oh, yeah, Bill, who is David Haig. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Love Bill. If you oh, might recall, him. he was in Four Weddings and a Funeral. Um, <laughs> as Bernard, was, his character was so good. His character, yeah, yeah, yeah. excellent. Yes. Character. So, <laughs> yes, he's great. So yeah, and then there and then there's uh, also Kenny and, uh, and Elena, who I forgot. Their yes, yeah. the actors. I'm names. very invested in that relationship. They're as well. they're great. They're, I love them to death. I'm invested and in the, Kenny. Um, 
and and I've also we mentioned him a little bit, but Nico, the husband, who's amazing, yes. mm-hmm. adorable. Yeah, it's not a big cast, but they they make their presence felt. Yeah, yeah, for they're sure. actually developed. Yeah, they have yeah. personality quirks and stuff. Yeah. Um. So, since we are an Asian American focused podcast, we'd be remiss not to talk about what a big moment this is for Sandra Oh, um, who I believe this is her first like major role since um Grace. since Grey's Anatomy, right? Yeah, and I remember reading an article about how she was saying after leaving Grey's, like the roles didn't come, even though she like knocked it out of the park. And and I, I never watched Grey's Anatomy. I was mm-hmm. well, she I won was, the Emmy for it. No, she? no, no she's nominated, nominated she's five nominated times. Time. She never won SAG and Golden Globe, but she just never won the Emmy. Wow, wow. that's okay. sad. I knew she won something. She should come back and win an Emmy for Grey's. <laughs> <laughs> they might, um, they might give her a, a consolation one for uh, Killing Eve, which I'd be totally fine. Oh with yeah, that's she's true. so worth it. But anyway. Yeah, and when she came, when she read for this this show, she didn't know that they were trying to offer her the lead role. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. it's like from what I hear because I have I didn't I'm not a Grey's Anatomy watcher like but she killed in that show. Oh like, yeah, she's yeah, she was, amazing. She was probably what made Christina Yang Christina Yang because mm-hmm. like having having spoken to her, I'm like, oh wow, you are this character as far as her speech patterns and <laughs> like yeah. the fact she at one point she called me babe and I was just like. <laughs> Oh my god! So, yeah, yeah, and so, <laughs> so I was lucky. like, so that was cool. I'm not to say that she is Christina Yang and how she acts um, and works, but um, yeah, and I was just like, you totally brought so yeah. much to this character that people don't even realize. They wrote to her mm-hmm. as an actress. Yeah, yeah. She, yeah she's a little different in like a. She's a little awkward because she's so focused on her work and she's sort of like, um, um, this, 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 and she doesn't think about like the way she looks. She's kind of the opposite of Villanelle, actually. Yeah. And she's like, you know, like, I don't know. She's a little awkward, but I love that about her, but she knows her shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. She has that very driven, but always feels like she's in over her head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But doesn't care. Yeah. And I love that she, along with basically everyone on the show, she's also kind of a little bit sociopathic. <laughs> And but like Sandra has that like sort of mischievous way about her that she like pulls it off and you're just like, oh, my God, I love you anyway, <laughs> even though you don't care that, you know, your colleague's wife just died or whatever. <laughs> you just like laugh about it. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just great. I love this show. <laughs> I, I really like Sandra. Oh, she just brings 100 percent in every every like in, as Christina, like she was the only reason I watched that show. And then um, I still kind of stopped after and then she came back. I'm like, OK, <laughs> I have to watch it again for her. Um, but she honestly, like when when they announced that she's doing Killing Eve, I was and I based on the book, I was like, oh, this is gonna be really interesting how they're gonna portray this like character. And they kind of made it a little different, and um, which I really appreciated because Sandra Oh, her quirks are just what pulls you into her character. Yeah, like the the, the neurotic, like she's kind of neurotic, mm-hmm. and um, but Sandra was able to do it so well. Like mm-hmm. I'm just like. Oh my god! If you think I can't think of any other actor who could do neuroticism so well as her, and um, but yet this character is still like driven and and I just felt it wasn't like a stereotype that I was like, okay, this is it's. I don't feel like it was a stereotype, but she she really gave like, and that's why I was like worried. I was like, oh no, reading the book and then having her be cast. I'm like, oh no, and then when I watch it, I'm like, thank God, (laughs) she she pulls it off so well, like without. Like, so, so this was based on a series of books by uh, Luke, Luke Jennings, Jennings correct? Mm-hmm. Um, and novellas. they're novellas, right? Mm-hmm. Um, He's still writing them. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah? So was the character Asian in the books or? No. No. It was a young and a young person, too. And yeah. up, up and coming. This is a race lifting and age <laughs> yeah. and age bending. Yeah. It's so yeah. great. It was a white person. It's all Phoebe. Yeah. <laughs> and I like how they got this all out of the way in, in like a short dialogue. Where it's like you learn that she is a British-born, American-raised mm-hmm. Asian woman from Connecticut. Yes, <laughs> um, yes. and that's why she's working for MI5, which is the British, mm-hmm. like the domestic intelligence yeah. agency, yeah. right? Yeah, and she's married, so her last yeah. name is Pilastri. Right, <laughs> right, yeah. They did it so gracefully. I love that. Yeah. They mentioned it suddenly. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. It's like <laughs> she's just this Asian person who exists in this world. We don't yeah. have to talk about how she's Asian. And it's and like, it's so normal. Yeah, though, for like, people to be born and then come back right. and then go back and forth. Yeah, yeah that happens it's all the time. It's just a thing that happens. <laughs> We're all Asian Americans sitting here. <laughs> yeah, not talking about how Asian we are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, before we get to uh, talking about. Our favorite moment, and obviously spoilers mm-hmm. that coming through. Let's talk about moving forward. What this means for, I mean, the bigger picture. This is a Asian American led show that not only did super well, like it 
the numbers grew every episode. Like people, more people tune in each week. The show ran, and that's something that does not happen for, especially for cable TV. That's unheard right? of for any television show yeah. nowadays, especially yeah. like there's always a drop off because people just lose interest, and then maybe they'll come back for the finale. But no, every episode grew consecutively every week, and then the finale just. It was amazing. So, yeah. and it's crazy because it's BBC America. Like you were saying, you don't even know what channel yeah. that is. <laughs> I had to look it up. People at, and it was on a Sunday, and usually their stuff is on Saturday. So, like yeah, the fact yeah. that they put it on Sunday, I felt like was a really big boost of confidence. That's Sunday's yeah. Westworld Day, you know? Exactly. <laughs> no, it's that's competitive day, and yeah. they know that they made a statement by putting on a Sunday. It also hit me when you know they sent us the episodes for mm-hmm. to review it, and um, uh, for, like and. We, uh, I know a lot of us like re- watched and, re- and wrote reviews for it beforehand, just about overall. Um, the fact that it, before it even came out, it got renewed. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. that was yeah. a big confidence they knew. thing that yeah. they knew that this was going to be a hit. Yeah. And so, like, that's when it would hit me. I'm like, okay, this is going to be a huge impact, especially with Sandra Oh in the, in, 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 like, not as a supporting actress. She's put in the FYC for, for a lead, the lead actress. Yeah. So the fact that she's doing, like, running, like, she may be, like, like the first Asian American who, uh, I mean, I although she's know. Canadian, <laughs> well, oh, but yeah. she's Western pretty much Asian, yeah. Yeah. Asian, diaspora, yeah. <laughs> to ship the, North American. There's got to be a better. Way I say, to I say, say. Westernized Asian. Yeah, that's <laughs> works. Um, but yeah, she'll be like the first if if she wins, like she'll be the first at the Emmys of mm-hmm. wow. actress because it's the British Asians who have been winning so far um, for yeah. Emmys. It's uh, Riza Med and R.G. Punjabi. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, she was supporting. And then, supporting, yeah, yeah. As, I mean, but acting at all. Yeah, acting at all, yeah. We There's been have, no like, lead Asian actress? Actress, no, no not That's lead. Crazy. Not actress. Well, there, has been, like, there has been many right. lead roles for Asian right. actresses. Yeah. It's like, I hear with. these stats, and it's like how there's never been an Asian that's <laughs> never been an Asian that. I'm like, that can't be true, but no, like, not, it's true. Not winning. I mean, well, like, we had Maggie Q, and but she yeah. wasn't winning anything. Right. So, um, yeah. I mean, isn't it like the only... Asian character that won an Oscar for lead actress actually played by a white person. Yeah. Wasn't that the Still, case? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Two of them, I think. Uh, yeah. I do wish there were more Asian representation in the show. Um, I feel like the few we get, it's mm, okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, well, yeah, we'll go into that <laughs> yeah. in a bit. But um, I mean, I think the other thing is we're saying it's a big deal because I think it's twofold. Um, on one hand, it's great for people like us to see this happen and it gives people hope because you know like even with her with Sandra she didn't think she was offered the lead because the racism was so ingrained she was used to being offered the best friend role you know the sporting Um, so it's good for the Asian community to see that this can happen but it's also good for the rest of the world to be like oh wait we can think outside the box in casting and there are amazing actors that we've been overlooking Um, because like you're saying she hasn't been getting anything and she's been wasting away like I think she had some guest roles here and there Um, um, yeah, but yeah, they were fine. But I feel like yeah. yeah, her and like I feel like Stephen Yoon's going through the same thing right now, where he had this breakout character mm-hmm. got written off because comics or whatever, and since then he hasn't really been find he hasn't found his like leading vehicle yet. He's been doing a lot of like, movies, indie movies, films, indie yeah. films, but as like side characters. God, mostly. I would I would love him to to see him in something like. Uh, uh, Selfie, <laughs> I am so sad about selfie. So, so sad about but yeah, selfie. I would love to see him in a romantic comedy, and you know that's that's the big thing for Asians nowadays. We is it, they people can see him as like sexy yeah. leading men, so why not? Yeah, I really hope Killing Eve and like with Crazy Rich Asians coming out this year. Yeah. Like maybe this is a moment for us. I'm gonna write something. Yeah, <laughs> like maybe 2018 is our year. Maybe things like <laughs> the floodgate. Well, not the floodgates. I guess but it's not gonna be definitely floodgates. August. Because August we have Searching, starring John Cho. Yeah. We have. Yeah. Crazy Rich Agents and we also have to all the boys we love yeah. before yeah. Um, coming out on Netflix and it's gonna be like August we just just, just take August because I mean it's an eight it fits with our culture it totally yeah. does you know, it's just, oh my gosh let's right. just take that <laughs> once <laughs> um, I'm really hoping she gets nominated um, nominations ends this week so I'm really hoping that she gets nominated so it kind of proves that Asians are expressive because like there's <laughs> oh a whole God. thing that happened that they said oh Asians aren't expressive yeah. enough that's Casting why they don't directors were saying that or yeah. something it's like, what and are you talking like, about it's like I mean, okay. what, each episode of this show yeah. Sandra Oz goes through like a gajillion yeah. expressions oh my god <laughs> like each like her emotions just it's like a roller coaster and it's just you follow that and 
you feel it too, like throughout this through the screen. And um, I just hope that she gets she gets recognized for this amazing role and and, and get not, gets nominated as the lead actress. Yeah, yeah. yeah. because this, this she's she's submitted as yeah, lead. Yeah, um, And 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 it's actually eligibility that ends this week. But then there's two weeks. Hello, oh, Emmy yeah. voters, <laughs> please, Academy. Uh, you have two weeks to vote yep. and nominate. So. Yeah. And BBC no. America, get those screeners out to the voters. <laughs> send them out. Send yes. multiple so copies. All the BBC America executives listening to my <laughs> podcast. Send those Please out. send me a luggage full of Villanelle uh, curated clothing. Thank oh you. My God. Oh my God. If you guys have but don't gifts, sniff the, the let perfume. me know. <laughs> <laughs> very true. Um, the only other thing is it is a very, very, very crowded race this year. Like, Everyone is in it. Like I even having a hard time because Elizabeth Moss is still there and like uh, Carrie Russell from Americans and there's a bunch more. But also kind of a weird thing. Uh, Jodie Comer is also submitted as lead actress and that might split the vote. Interesting. Um, I'm just hoping that Sandra Oh gets some because of the familiarity with her and um, just the goodwill that people have had. Like, oh, she never did get her grace. Yeah. um, Emmy. So anyway, that's just my two cents there. Well, I'm also glad they have like the guts to submit both their lead actresses as lead actress because a lot of times the studios they kind of game the system right like yeah we're gonna if if we want one of each so yeah and usually it's it's the it's the actress of color that gets shafted into the supporting actress yeah and mm-hmm. i think they like this year for example um amelia clark is going to be submitted in lead actress for game of thrones versus previously she was supporting mm. so yeah they're all trying this year and that's mm. why i'm like oh no and, like nobody on game of thrones is actually lead well just the last year. the last season i can kind of understand yes. like she got a sex scene whatever <laughs> i mean with her nephew incest whatever, whatever. <laughs> but yeah I mean, I mean there's a lot of good ones this year yeah I agree. there are a lot, a lot. there's um, a lot of good tv coming out these days and yeah. there's been a lot of talk about hollywood directors saying that tv is kind of ruining it for movies because they can't like you, know, you can't develop characters as deeply in the, in the 90 minute movie as you can in like a, a season yeah, and all the movie talent is moving over to TV, mm-hmm. so it's kind of Big like... Little Lies. Well, they don't have that competition this year, at least. No, no. but they yeah. definitely understand that this is where it's at. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Meryl <laughs> Streep, come on. Oh, my God. Meryl <laughs> Streep doing TV? Like, where are we right now? <laughs> but yeah, anyway. Yeah, all right. <laughs> That's all I had. All right, now we're going to talk about uh, a little bit about our favorite moments and characters, and that means we're going to get a little bit into spoilers. So this is your spoiler warning for those of you who still want to watch Killing Eve and don't want to hear us ruin it for you. So uh, if you do not want to hear spoilers for season one of Killing Eve, um, this is where you can either skip to the end, uh, the last maybe five minutes of the episode, or just, you know, come back next week. Uh, We'll be back here with another amazing, if I do say so myself, episode (laughs) of the Collabcast. But yeah, consider yourself spoiler warned. But yeah, let's get into it. Uh, What are your favorite moments of the show? Everything is on the table now. Um, Comedy-wise, like, okay, so I have separate things. I have the intensity favorite moment, and I have a comedy favorite moment (laughs) that just made me laugh like crazy. Um, The last episode, um, I love Fiona Shaw. Um, Her, like, her acting, I've been following her career because I'm an Anglophile, so I love British shows. (laughs) And um, I... I love her her character, like um, Carolyn. Carolyn. Carolyn, yeah, she is just a great character, and just like she's serious, but then you you see the comedic side of her that it's like so random. I think um, she she did one like she was hanging out with Sandra, like um, Eve, walking to the the British like um, secret hideout, uh-huh. and um, she pointed at a rat and said, "I saw a rat." Like point over there, she goes, "I saw a rat eat pizza there once." Uh, no, it's drink a can of coke. Drink a can of coke. It was a random. It was a random thing. And she said both good. hands. <laughs> she said, "Yeah, thank you. You wrote the article. I think about that." And like she, like she, she pointed and like, "Oh, I saw a rat drink a can of coke, both hands." And she just went inside. Like it was like nothing. And um, that that I was, I just paused. I had to pause that moment, and I was like, "What just happened?" And, and it was like it was so hilarious. And then um, Fiona. Um, also had other moments that made me laugh like crazy. Um, she and with her son, like she offered a cheese puff. The cheese puff. Oh my I god! Get over She's like, do you want a cheese puff? Oh, you bring. Um, do you have those or what was it like? Like you always bring. You cheese always bring cheese puff. Always. Yeah, it's like, and of course. It's like it's like what kind of they? There's only one kind. And I'm just like that randomness of British humor. Just that just went won me over over that character. Even though she's shady and you kind of don't know what side she's on. Yeah. Um, 
it's she's just a, a fantastically written character. I love all the hints you get of her life as a spy during the Cold War when they go to Russia, and you're just like. She had a life. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so she comes off at first as very straight-laced and kind of boring, you know? And yeah. then, then she says the stuff like about the can of Coke, and you're like, wait, what's going on here? <laughs> and then she lights up when she gets to Russia. Like, she starts putting on lipstick yeah. and giggling and, like, drinking really hard liquor. <laughs> and then uh, apparently she has a lot of uh, – she has a walk of shame. She's, uh, not ashamed, though. Yeah. Um, she, yeah. she's, the room uh, was messy, and she's oh my like, God. what are you talking about? The room looks <laughs> Ransacked and then a um, love triangle with KGB agents. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, she she's crazy. Yeah, like so. So, uh, so I don't know what to think about her, and I don't trust her, but she's amazing. Yes, yeah. She had one of my favorite lines, which is like, "It's why is it always the people that look like a rat that, that are rats?" <laughs> no, no, the, the, who looks like the rat the most that turns out to be or something like that. And <laughs> yeah. it, that's when they realize that one of their fellow MI five MI six yeah, the, agents, their former boss, was yeah. a uh, was a mole. Yeah, so yeah, that was fantastic because he did look very rat. <laughs> yeah. He did look rodent dish. Yeah, but that was my favorite character and my favorite funny moment. But the serious moment um, was the conversation between Eve and her partner, Bill, mm-hmm. about queerness mm-hmm. and uh, sexuality. And that mm-hmm. really, like, it felt it felt really good, like, having a show that actually openly talks about that. Even though they didn't showcase his queerness, but it, it was nice to, it was discussed and... Um, but then, you know, they killed him off and that was kind of like, oh no. That back. was so like, I kept like, waiting for like, they're going to bring him back, right? Yeah. He, he, he's just injured, right? Yeah. yeah. So it, that, and that, I was like, we didn't see him die. The conversation was like, I loved it, the killing off the gaze, but that was, that was another <laughs> one that I didn't appreciate. But then, um, I understood their, their, their viewpoints, but the conversation itself was just a nice one, especially since he had a family. Yeah. yeah. And so I felt like, oh my, that was really refreshing. Too. That was, yeah. Cause I had heard that. Episode three is where it starts mm-hmm. turning mm-hmm. up, and then when he brought his like Asian baby to, uh, to the when office, I saw I the like, baby, I was like, "That's a half Asian baby." I was pointing at it, and people were like, Attic, "How can you tell?" I'm like, "How can you not tell?" <laughs> I was like, "Is he gonna die? Is he the one that oh, dies?" God. And yeah. then he ha- he also has his like heroin coming out moment where he's in mm-hmm. Germany and he he's mm-hmm. like coming alive with the city and becoming like yeah. super like because he started off as kind of boring and just like a bumbling boss too yeah. oh totally and then like when he talks about something about his past he said there were I can't remember the number but it was like out of the whatever years I only said no twice and I was like whoa that really <laughs> meant like sexually he was very adventurous and it, and it, it kind of and I think that's what you were talking about with the sexuality it's like it didn't matter men women he just was like just whatever he felt like yeah um so yeah that, that, that was fantastic it was great and yeah. I think Eve responded like well I don't know if I'm gay like they were just very open like <laughs> it's fluid like and you love who you love you know yeah. neither I, of them are like we don't have labels yeah the yeah. fluidity is part of I think what's interesting about uh, Eve Plastry because she's she's supposedly straight and just uh, you know is married and whatever but you know Villanelle yeah she will change you know switch her over yeah. or whatever it is but maybe she's bi maybe she yeah. it probably doesn't actually matter but they have some there's unmistakable some chemistry, yeah. chemistry yeah. obsession and it's it's awesome like they're dynamic together that's why I like the conversation and then it kind of flowed with the episode of like how it reflected always reflected with that conversation whenever with Villanelle and the and her relationship with Eve that's why I was like oh I felt like that was a tie-in yeah, yeah well before sure. we talk about dive deeper into Eve and Villanelle's relationship yeah. I do want to talk about the episode because the fact that um, that Bill's like sexuality, his kinks come out is because of the case that they're assigned to go investigate, which is a <laughs> Chinese, um, I guess, hacker who is murdered by Villanelle in a like. BD, like it, no, it's a even, fetish. It's like a, uh, like clinic it's like a doctor yeah. fetish like they want to yeah. be operated on yeah, by they, like they sexy like, doctors they yeah. want to be punished they want it they like some pain like and they like pain. it in a procedural <laughs> yeah. antiseptic setting yeah. and you know if you're wearing a nurse's outfit that's even better it's very specific yeah yeah <laughs> well there are very specific you know, <laughs> you know things out there they're in Germany yeah you know, people. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a good place for it's it where um, one goes but this so this supposedly Chinese um, like colonel or hacker guy in charge of like ministry of information or something um, had the worst Chinese accent. <laughs> I did not know what he said. <laughs> well, please, I am the I, Vietnamese person here, so it, it, I enlighten me here. Yeah, like I like speak I, Mandarin. Yeah, I, I do too. Yeah, I yeah. rewound it because I was like, "What did he just say?" And I was like, "I couldn't, I couldn't understand it. I never got what he said." Yes, yeah, so the scene opens with the guy on the phone walking and talking in what I assume to be it's supposed to be Mandarin, Chinese, yeah. which like 
first of like first of all, if you're if you are a government official, you're gonna speak like Potonghua, like yeah. standard Mandarin yeah. to your officials, not like whatever. I don't even think it was a dialect. I think it's just really bad. Asian American yeah, Chinese. I think like he ABC just could Chinese. not get it. They probably tried and he was and like, he's like, I can't. Also, I don't know, British Asian. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like Villanelle and like Constantine's daughter speak a little bit of Chinese. I at couldn't the end. understand that. They were even yeah. better than he was. I was like, they're better at this. Like, I could tell what they were saying. <laughs> so, I mean, they had less to say, but he was like. Yeah. It was the one time I was a little annoyed with like, yeah. you have this like really great, like progressive type of like show where you have an Asian American female lead and then you know, you botch it in the authenticity with this because you don't think anyone will notice. Yeah, no, this is like one of my major pet peeves with all TV shows and movies. The Chinese mm. is never Chinese. It's mm. always like gibberish. It's never. That's crazy. Yeah. When's the last time that you remember one that like had decent Chinese? Decent, like real like Fresh Off the Boat, I think does a pretty good job, even though sometimes, sometimes. When, when Randall, Randall tries, yeah, like well, not, Randall is like, he's not Chinese, yeah. so he tries, but like obviously the grandma yeah. like speaks. Yeah. Well, then, then Constance who speaks Chinese, like I speak Chinese, so there's that. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Vincent D'Onofrio, and she's supposed one. to be like from China, so yeah. that's yeah. different. Like she, yeah. she shouldn't sound like that. Yeah, right? yeah like but the like kids me, could. At least like you can understand. Yeah. Them. Or it's like bad, like Iron Fist bad. Oh, I never saw Iron <laughs> Fist. Yeah. Nothing yeah. is as bad as Iron Fist. <laughs> but yeah, like this remind me of like one time on Seinfeld when there was like oh, a dear. The, do you remember the Chinese lawyer? Like, sh- that was also gibberish. Like, she was not. It was two Chinese characters sitting next to each other, and one of them was speaking Chinese, and she answered back, and, like, it was gibberish. <laughs> it was like, you're two characters in the same scene. You're not speaking the same language. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, like, it's like people don't care enough to make it. That is sad in this yeah. day and age. That should have been authentic. I, I totally had no clue. Yeah. Um, I mean, he was himself you know. funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's something that only yeah people only can if speak you can yeah. speak, but like yeah. a lot of people do speak the language. Yeah. So my Chinese is horrible. Understanding, like I only know food. And, <laughs> Those like, are the important words. And school school words. Um, but I, I so I, I couldn't tell. But I just because like for me when they speak it, I just rather read what what they're saying. Instead. Yeah, yeah. So I don't really focus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like um when you're watching like dramas from another language they can very well be the worst acting ever as long as the you know writing is fine yeah you know? <laughs> true uh, but yeah I, I i couldn't let this episode go without talking about yes. that moment thank you just, yes just it kind of took me out of it for a little bit i was like really it totally did really? i like rewound it and everything and then yeah. he went into that clinic like, oh i'm interested again <laughs> yep <laughs> that's, well, that's, i, I thought you were going to talk about um how they portrayed the the chinese men in the in the episode oh as like Pervs. Yeah, yeah. I, kinda, I was disturbed by that. I was a little bit disturbed because mm. I feel like that's a trope that we've seen. Yeah, because there's the other government guy who invites Eve to dinner, and he is so creepy. Yeah, yeah. like everything he says, it could have just been like, "Give me water," and it would have been so creepy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he gave me the heebie-jeebie stuff. On yeah, it. I mean, yeah. also creepy was the fact that Bill was like, "Yeah, totally seduce him. <laughs> Your job is to seduce this yeah. man." Yeah. Yeah, no, thanks. thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad that she just she was able to leave that 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 whole conversation, and get what he, she wanted, and right, right, without mm. anything. But I just kind of was like, oh, I didn't like that that those two Asian men were the tropes of like. Yeah, that, it was that, weird. It was. I, I kept thinking he was going to show his real face. Yeah, like I thought it was a character he put on, and then he never did. No. So, Mm-mm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I feel like that just needs to be fixed a little bit. If they're going to have it for the next season, an uh, Asian yeah. male character, then at least do something where it's like it won't be just a trope. Because like yeah. that show has been so progressive, everything else. So I'm kind of like, okay, please, next one. Yeah, yeah. It's tone deaf in a way that like it's not as it doesn't turn me off from the entire thing, but mm-hmm. it does like give me pause. Yeah, right? yes, for sure. Yeah, why have yeah. all the ones? <laughs> yeah, we just need more Asian characters because the more Asians are on screen, the more differently you can portray them yeah, like yeah. we're all different yeah you know. i don't mind someone being a villain who's an asian right. but it, mm-hmm. it, it I, I definitely don't want it necessarily to fall into the stereotype first yeah 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 um Han, do you have a favorite uh, part yeah and it's actually an interesting sort of scene um in episode i think it's four or five um villanelle actually breaks into uh the palastri's house mm-hmm. and kind of like starts acting like she's their guest and it's like yeah serve me dinner and that's when we find out uh nico makes shepherd's pie but um <laughs> but there's also a moment when she's actually for well there's actually a couple moments that are humorous um she at one point 
pretends she's about to open up to uh, Eve and is like, yeah, I'll tell you why I castrated this other person. Mm. She's like, but first, can you, let's be real here. Like, and she asks, is that a sweater? Is it a shirt? Is it a sweater attached to a shirt? Like, please tell me the real story. And it's so very true. I also own one of those pieces of clothing. <laughs> that's a hybrid, like weird piece of clothing. Uh, that's also when you realize like, Jodie Comer can really act like that sort of timing, the comedic quality of it was great. And then um, a little bit later in the episode, she's forcing uh, Eve to give up her pin number on her phone. Oh, I love this part. <laughs> so that way she can get into her phone and like go into all of her data. And so she's holding a knife up to Eve's throat. She's pinned against the fridge and Eve is fearing for her life. There's a tear, a strategic tear that just, rolls down her face <laughs> and so Eve's like staying her pin number it's like one two pause dramatic pause three <laughs> four <laughs> and she's still frightened out of her mind but the audience is rolling <laughs> so good and this is also Sandra O oh acting ugh yeah amazing I mean let's talk about that relationship between that develops between Eve and Villanelle it's, it's there is a very like like Almost erotic tension between They're them. They're obsessed with right? each other. That's yeah. Basically there it. is erotic tension. There's, There's not almost. Tension. There's, I mean, uh, it's very homoerotic. I don't know if you want to talk about like the whole uh, luggage thing, but. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like they try, like she sent her clothes to like the dresses and the. It's something where I think it's like when you buy someone clothing, like yeah. clothing that's form fitting and whatever, that's some it's like stuff. That was a sexy dress. It was a and super she was sexy dress. wearing it when she came yeah. into the house. It's like, wow, there's something happening. Yeah. Here. That's, so that's intimate because it's like, what did her husband buy her, which is a green scarf with zebras on it? Yeah. And then like Villanelle like buys her an amazing like body hugging dress. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I I love that Sandra was like, she sent me clothes, better clothes than what I would wear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sandra, uh, Eve's character doesn't have really much. Yeah. I mean, she's practical. She wears like, you know, hoodies and yeah. uh, the sweater shirt thing. and Yeah. yeah. But it's almost Villanelle saying like, I see you. Mm-hmm. I see your sex appeal. Yeah. Even if you don't and see And wear it. your hair down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I mean, it all leads, I mean, it's just the spoiler cast. It all leads to a confrontation where like basically Sandra was taken off the case but she's still going to yeah. pursue it to the end. And they have a confrontation in, in Are we talking about the finale now? Yeah, yeah. the fin- bedroom, right? Oh, that yeah. scene. Oh, my God, that oh. scene. It was oh. so... I literally didn't know if they were going to start making out or someone was going to kill the I was other. hoping for that. Yeah, um, I didn't know. I like. I literally <laughs> thought it was that's where it was going. And then... Because, yeah, uh, like, Eve, Eve has, like, tracked her all the way to Paris. Yeah. And she's like, God, I'm tired. After, like, actually confessing how obsessed she is with her. Yeah. She, she And she falls on the bed. And then there's, like, and then Villanelle goes on the bed. And you're like, yeah. what is going on? Yeah. <laughs> and they turn to each other. Their faces are so close. It's, like, in any sort of, like, American show, I feel like. That's when they kiss. That's right? when they would kiss. Like, that's what your expectation is. Villanelle like, even, like, touches her hair. Yeah. It's really sweet. <laughs> like, I thought it would be a moment where they just take a nap. Mm. And then that's, the next season will be them learning mm. about yeah. each other. Like, Eve wakes up and Villanelle's yeah. gone or they something. They become, like, a tag team but now, assassin yeah, partnership. Yeah, no, well, something, like, understanding something. each other. Like, a mm. mindhunter kind of thing. But um, for me, but when that happened, when, like, the they... I'm just like next season is going to be a horrible season for Eve because th- now it's just I'm really so want to kill Eve. I'm yeah. really worried about Eve because like Villanelle does not fail when she wants to kill someone. She kills them, and yeah. I wonder like I'm sure Phoebe will come up with something amazing, but I'm like how logically like how can Eve this kind of she's still kind of bumbling around like she's not an assassin she freaked out when she stabbed I know. her like how yeah. is she gonna actually go up against this master and assassin? I also hope that Constant- Constantine's daughter comes into yeah. the play again. Yeah. She's she's Irina. she was amazing, amazing. amazing. Okay, I hope she comes back though that's <laughs> actually probably another good relationship was Arena and um, Villanelle because they're both kids and they're both brilliant and they're yelling at each other that one scene where they're screaming at each other yeah. was like hilarious but also kind of insightful yeah, about yeah. Villanelle yeah, yeah. She, I'm like oh she's so annoying do you have any yeah. favorite characters or moments Linda I mean I love Constantine I uh <laughs> an episode I really liked was like the car chase with Frank. Oh. I don't know why. It was like such a slow car chase, but it was like so <laughs> intense. And then I love the confrontation at the end with her two fellow assassins. The mm. whole, the way, the whole like way that played out, how she like talked the girl <laughs> into like, killing the guy. And then she, I mean, that guy the, was a jerk. He, that guy was a jerk. <laughs> 
but it was Pumpkin. I again she almost fooled me and was like oh she's they're gonna be partners I was like nope yeah we'll no. fly this kite sure yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I I keep falling for it I can never come face to face with Villanelle because she will just I'll be like yes what right, about yeah. that line Frank are you running or are you crying <laughs> <laughs> I'm running and I'm crying <laughs> He is yeah. such a great, like, was... we'll see character to hate. <laughs> oh, but like, then when oh, he says of... he's priority, uh, <laughs> he's hateable. Yeah, that was such a good episode. Yeah. Well, that is our talk about Killing Eve. Thank you so much to Laura, Hong, and Linda for joining me on this week's episode of the Collabcast. Um, again, for our listeners, um, if they want to find out more about your writing, um, where can they go? Um, well, I write for a different uh, group of sites, so uh, I always post what I write on my on my um, on my Twitter and my muckrat. Um, but my Twitter is at l siricul l s i r i k u l, and uh, I'm always on there. And um, most of my work is there. I'm covering Incredible Tomorrow, so that'll be fun. Uh, Han, I'm on Twitter at Hanonymous, which is a pun and ironic at the same time. <laughs> so it's H A N H O N Y M O U S. Uh, that's probably hard to spell, but think of Han and Anonymous, so <laughs> together. And that's where actually a lot of my stuff is, but I'm also at IndieWire.com. Um, I'm also on Twitter, basically 24-7. <laughs> I tweet a lot, uh, so if you follow me, fair warning. Uh, I'm at Linda Z-G-E, and uh, whatever I do next, you'll probably find out on Twitter. <laughs> Hire well, me. <laughs> well, thank you all so much for chatting. I had a lot of fun. Definitely we'll bring you back sometime to talk about other amazing Asian... Yay focused or um, Asian adjacent um, <laughs> media or pop culture um, but thank you all for listening to the Collabcast of course you can reach us uh, by emailing us at podcast at collaboration.org subscribe to us on uh, Google Play Stitcher Spotify or wherever you find your podcast leave us a nice rating review on iTunes if you can uh, special thanks to Matt Amadel for his song um, Dumb for this week's intro and outro and yeah thank you so much for listening thank you so much for joining us thank you and we'll see you next time bye stupid you probably thought it was delusional you messed me up real bad you left me mental whoever thought that I would be coming back into your arms your arms you left your minds apart but I ain't loving it you play me bad real bad and you some cheap shit I never thought that you would be about the lane but you're clicking on me you made me you must think I'm stupid